Hello and welcome to WRPX, your wrestling revolution podcast. I am your host, Antonio Garza, and it is a hot, sunny day, 98 degrees, a wind force of one or two miles per hour, a relative humidity of 16%, so it's dry and the sun is burning. And thus, I am inside and we are going to talk about wrestling there's two shows that i'm going to be talking about this week it's going to be a shortest show uh there wasn't really much happening this weekend uh i mean cm punk came back but that was just like six minutes i can't really do much from it it was beautiful and i think that's it you know it's it's beautiful and we'll see what happens um you know at dynamite this week and also rampage and, and going forward but uh it was just beautiful but like beyond that, there wasn't really much happening, I'd say, in the terms of just wrestling. Ring of Honor had two shows that I just haven't been able to get to them. Um, I watched DDT wrestle Peter Pan, which is what we're going to talk about. And I also watched Impact's Emergence. Um, and that's also what we're going to talk about. So, uh, the main also, it's worth noting that the reason why... I didn't also watch a lot of stuff is because I had a kind of like planned out my calendar to watch a lot of stardom in the last couple of weeks and stardom has canceled now uh, or canceled slash postponed uh, at least two weekends of shows. The last show we saw was from the 13th. Great show. Go watch it. But uh, because of that, I my, my calendar was just kind of like off. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm still waiting for, for stardom to come back for the rest of the five star grand prix. So we can keep talking about it, but until then I'm probably just going to be watching like a couple of things here and there. I don't want to like go and purchase uh, a lot of shows or anything like that. Uh, if I don't really know what's going to happen anyway, enough talk, let's get into some wrestling. And let's start in Japan as we always do. This is DDT Wrestle Peter Pan 2021. Arguably the biggest show in DDT's year. Uh, this year it was in the Kawasaki uh, Japan Stadium, the Fujitsu Kawasaki Stadium, uh, which it, it holds a lot more people than they had. Uh, they had about 1,300 people. Uh, this is where I think this is the same one where. Um, Naito recovered the championships from Ebol last year. Uh, so to give you an idea of which stadium we're talking about, um, this took place on the 21st of August and yeah, let's get to it. There were two dark matches that, uh, we got to see thanks to wrestle universe. Um, these were not like broadcasted on abima tv but we got to see him on, on wrestle universe the first one was the ddt young guns the keigo nakamura and juki onaja defeated hideki okatani and juja kuroku good basic i mean young guy match um nothing really special um i mean naya was probably like the weakest link of the whole thing and that's as much as i can say really the next match was actually really interesting because I wasn't expecting this to be a dark match. And this was the ta the eight person tag team electric current explosion barbed wire death match. Yes, I may have missed like one or two words there. Uh, but yes, this was Akito, Atsushi Onita, Maki Ito and Sanshiro Takagi defeating the team of Hikari Noah, Kuro-chan, Super Sasadango Machine and Tetsuhiro Kuroda in a straight up electric barbed wire exploding death match. Um, what can I say about this? The, the story coming in is that Kuro-chan had a victory over Onita. And so Onita kind of wanted to, to get revenge. You're going to get his, his win back. And thus this match was challenged. But because the show was going to be taking place 
at this like Kawasaki Stadium, which is actually a pretty legendary stadium when it comes to wrestling because that's where FMW did a lot, a lot of, de of yeah, I guess it's like death matches and all that stuff. And that's why uh, Onita wanted to go all out booking this match, bringing more people in and bringing out the, the exploding barbed wire bats. And what we saw was just, uh, it was mostly shenanigans. We had, I think, like three explosions. Um, one of them was actually Hikari Noah and Makito just clashing like sword fight style and with the bats. And that was a pretty cool looking explosion. Uh, I think I think Kuroda took the first explosion at the hands of of Onita. I think it was him. Or maybe it was Kuroshan taking out Takagi. It was one of those. No, I think Takagi was taken out by, Hik uh, by Hikari Noah. But uh, yeah, it was like a couple of combinations. Just like, I don't know, like it's a dark match. It's shenanigans. It's mostly comedy, but um, it was fun stuff. So then we go into the actual show. The actual show was, it wasn't actually a long card. It was actually a really easy show to watch. If you got a chance and you have a couple of hours, like go watch it because it was super easy to watch. Um, the show opened with a 10 man tag team match. This was Disaster Box, Harashima and Naomi Yoshimura teaming up with Raimi Imai and Yusuke Okada and the debuting El Unicorn. We talked about him last week. Uh, they defeated the team of Illusion, the other debut. Mizuki Watase coming back from injury. Tamura, uh, another, I think he's, I don't know how young he is, but I do believe Tamura is pretty young. Jujo uh, Kawayashi and Juki Ino. The match itself was, well, I mean, just kind of see the names. We had Ino versus Yoshimura. We had Harashima versus Okabayashi. We obviously had Illusion versus El Unicorn. And you got to see, I mean, Yosuke Okada versus either Tamura or Watase and Imai kind of like mixing it up. But uh, this whole thing was really about showcasing El Unicorn and Illusion, who are part of this little project that DDT started called the DDT Teenage Project, which is DDT trying to teach kids from, I think from, I'm guessing 12-ish to 18 uh, before they can join like a proper dojo and become like their own wrestlers and all that stuff. Uh, but just to give you an idea, El Unicorn is 13 years old and he was he was pretty fantastic. He was doing out there like springboards and moonsaults and a lot of different stuff like uh, both El Unicorn and Illusion looked really, really good. I think they're like 13 and 14 or, or something like that, respectively. So I don't know. They looked really good. They're both masked. So uh, that's another thing like there's when you start masks there's always a chance that you can grow up and unmask yourself uh and just become another character obviously at their age it's also good to, to put masks on them because uh it, it kind of like helps to like it helps the illusion that they're not kids uh which is something that for instance a lot of people have complained about stardom and tokyo joshi in the past that when they debuted the little ones they look really really young like when when Asumi debuted for Stardom, she looked so young. Like I mean, she was, but she also looked, and that's also like has been the case for uh, certain people, like Susume or uh, I don't know, like Endo in Tokyo Joshi. So um, it's it's cool to see the masked wrestlers. Uh, so yeah, the the, the team of of. El Unicorn got the win over Illusion. Uh, well, I mean, it was El Unicorn over Illusion. That's how the teams, that's how the teams went down. Uh, next up, we had a man. This is also gonna need some explanation. This was a double ring, double singles match. What happened here is that you have Antonio Honda, Toru Owashi, Danshoku Dino, and Kazuki Hirata. None of those guys were like straight up booked in the show. And they all wanted to have singles matches. Uh, 
but because of time constraints they they kind of like they they were not like giving their own time for like their own singles match and so they decided okay how about we share the time we we get ddt to build a second ring next to i mean it was like kind of it was like the ring and then like a line of crowd and then like another ring so it's kind of like a cross but uh and so they were going to be able to have two matches at the same time and if there was time they can always like switch partners so the winner can face the winner and the loser can face the loser or something like that which was uh it was a cool idea it, it sounded like production hell because like how like imagine like me watching on tv it's not as hard to think of like okay so they can just like change cameras you know like from here to there but like imagine if you're live especially like if you are that person sitting in between the rings and you have to be like looking back and forward back and forward back and forward that sounds like hell but what ended up happening here was that both matches they did exactly the same uh sequence and it ended within five seconds with a roll-up and so at that point all of the guys were like satisfied we got our singles match let's take it home that was what we got so at that point uh imabayashi manager imabayashi comes out and was like hey what the fuck guys like you made us build a second ring and now you're just gonna leave like after five seconds like that is bullshit you guys are gonna have to continue and you know what it, it was a pain in the butt for like production to follow up with two matches at the same time so your guys are gonna have to like share one ring in your rematches and so he restarted both matches in the same ring you have now two matches each match with a single referee and they're all trying to use the same ring for their own thing again what ended up happening is that uh there's a lot of people in one place and so the referees started to kind of like uh getting each other's ways it's the best way to, to put it and that led to the referees like starting to get into a fight and the referees were uh uh referee yukinori matsui which is the the i guess thicker ref, uh, referee that we tend to see and the other one was referee daisuke kiso and so they start fighting they eventually get into a pull apart it's the wrestlers themselves that have to do the pull apart the wrestlers themselves call for the no contest so that they can control the the fight that's going on and at that point again imajibashi returns to the ring he's like what the fuck is wrong with you people i'm going to restart this match it's going to be a six person uh tag team match It's going to be honda kiso and owashi versus dino Hirata and Matsui and that was then the third match that happened under this like little uh, kind of like story and what ended up happening here is that this wasn't good but actually it was actually pretty decent for what it was mostly because both wrestlers got to get like at least one or two spots where they kind of like looked okay like at that at one point uh matsui took down both honda and owashi with a double clothesline um and then like the finish of the match was kiso got taken out by a kiss by Danshokudino. and what happened is that matsui went for the pin but he broke his own pin because he wanted to get one more move in and that was like he called for the brain buster and he actually held a delayed brain buster in the air for like five seconds and as he was going down kiso rolled him up one two three and so honda kiso and owashi get the win it was perfect for what it's supposed to be it wasn't a good wrestling but it was so incredibly fun like for a ddt show this is exactly what i was kind of expecting so uh really good really good i enjoyed it and then next up we had I, I think I think we can say that at this point like the business part of the show kind of started but we had like a slight transition match between 
the really really funny stuff and the really really serious stuff and it started with the hardcore tag team match chris brooks jun kasai versus the sanana kamina team of mao and shun katsumata okay so the story here um not much of a story really but the story here is that now that ddt kind of has been getting into more like i wouldn't call it deathmatch stuff but they call it deathmatch stuff there's a lot of legos a lot of boxes a lot of like you know shenanigans ddt shenanigans uh but uh jun kasai deathmatch legend he i think makes some comments about how ddt's hardcore matches are not really all that and and so katsumata primarily got slightly offended because of that katsumata i mean he just came out of a deathmatch tournament a legit deathmatch tournament and so katsumata and mao are trying to like show junkasai what the ddt deathmatch wrestlers are all about and so we have this match the match itself was i i thought it was really fun um it was a lot of lego like a lot of lego some spots actually look really painful when it comes to Lego. Uh, one of them, like they created little buildings of Lego. They were kind of pointy, kind of like just, I don't know, like they, they had a solid uh, base and they were using them like they would put them on the, on the mat or the floor and then they would slam someone back first. And those things looked like they were not given in so easily yet they exploded every time someone took a bump on them but like those ones look even for lego they look pretty painful uh, we also had a lot of uh the, the boxes that mao uses like the toy boxes that he likes to break on people so there was just a bunch of them we had a couple of table spots a bunch of shares uh at one point a junkasai brought out skewers and all four competitors ended up with skewers <laughs> which was Kind of interesting. Uh, I found it interesting in case for Brooks. Like Brooks is not someone that tends to like get super hardcore, uh, especially to the point of getting skewers. And so I found it interesting that uh, he got the spot. Uh, but yeah, all four guys had skewers, and we saw like uh, praying mantis bombs uh, attempt on them. And then uh, yeah, the match uh, kind of like continue with some stuff. Um, there was a really cool spot that obviously was completely safe, but Shuma Katsumata went for a top rope something. I remember what the move was, but in the in the ring, Junkasai kind of like uh, caught him with a saw, with a handsaw. And obviously, I, I don't know how the saw has worked. I don't know if it's like if he had it turned or if he just like saw like took out all the the saw part of it but like he did that and then he reveals that it's a saw and, and it was like a really really cool um spot that actually led to the finish which was uh brooks hitting well both guys hit pretty bombs but it was brooks that got the win over mao and yeah like i think i thought the match for a death match quote unquote it was really fun really good i thought the spots were some of them were really unique uh, which is at this point like the best thing you can ask for when it comes to hardcore matches unique stuff because we've all seen everything uh, yeah and at the end of the match Junkasai put over Mao and Katsumata and kind of like thanked them for the nice summer memory so that was fun next up we had the first of three championship matches of the night uh, there's only three championships being uh, defended in this show the first one was the KOD six-person tag team championships. Damnation, Somatakao, Tetsuya Endo, and Juji Hino defeated the team of Eruption, Kazusa Higuchi, Sakiaka, and Jukyo Sakaguchi to retain the championships. This was um, this was a bit of a heartbreak, to be honest. Uh, I thought the build-up, the whole year that Eruption has had, and I don't know, just the fact that it's Damnation, I kind of expected Eruption to win. But it ended up happening that uh, Damnation won. And because it was like part of the whole story that was coming in. Like the story was that Damnation was targeting uh, Saki Akai specifically because they consider her to be 
the weak link of the team, which I mean, I between Sakaguchi and Higuchi, I think it's not. I mean, you're not wrong if you think Sakiakai is the weak link, but um, it got to the point where Juji Hino on the Damnation team wasn't even like acknowledging Sakiakai when they were in the ring together. Like he was just like, I mean, whatever, like he would give her the back and stuff like that. And so a lot of this match kind of ended up going into Takao and Endo, like kind of like not, not balancing up, but kind of like uh, negating Higuchi and Sakaguchi um, in a way that both all four guys kind of like ended up being just outside the ring for most of the match and the match itself came down to a lot of Hino and Sakiakai and and their interaction was exactly what it should have been it was mostly uh, Sakiakai trying to hurt and do anything against Hino and Hino wasn't like really getting hurt but as it went on we started to see Hino like slightly get more and more uh like take Sakiakai slightly more seriously uh because he started chopping her he started going like way more stronger and Sakiakai kept coming back she kept kicking out she kept fighting uh she got a, a more kicks and, and slaps on Hino but she never really did much of a damage and eventually Hino won. And at the po at the end of the post-match, uh, Hino just told Saki that she was a tough wrestler. She he kind of put her over, but it, it that was it. Like it, it didn't really go much further beyond that. I think I, I did get the impression that that story is not done. Um, I would imagine there's going there may be more. I don't know. Like. Like, I don't think they're going to do Hino <laughs> Sakiakai love story, but I do think there may be more going down between these two teams. Um, especially because, I don't know, like, I do think Eruption needs something. Uh, they need something. I don't know what. Uh, they need a title, I think. Because uh, I really don't want to see them break up for sure. So, I don't know. And Damnation really... I, I I mean those guys can lose and win titles at any given point. It doesn't really matter. So I think uh Eruption should win the titles one of these days coming up coming up. The next match, which was the DDT Universal Championship match, Juki Weno lost the championship to Daisuke Sasaki, who was accompanied by Matt Polly. The match was it was it was a mix of emotions. Uh, the match started with some really, really good-looking wrestling. It it kind of like seemed like we were gonna have like a really uh, high-impact, like really action-packed match. But then, out of nowhere, Daisuke Sasaki hits like a belt shot on Weno, and Weno blades, and he's busted open. He's like just there's pools of blood in the floor. He's slipping over on his, on his own blood. He can't see, like, it's just horrible. He looks like, it looks bad. It looks bad for a while. And part of, like, all the time that he was bleeding, we kept seeing Sasaki just work on him. Eventually, Weno makes the, the comeback, and he starts to, like, get a lot of offense in. The blood's kind of stopped, so that's good for, for, at least for me. But as Weno starts to really, really get close to the win... Uh, Sasaki just hits La Mystica and wins. He taps out Weno and wins the championship. I I don't really know what to think of this. Like, part of me thinks, okay, so you want to move Weno beyond the Universal Championship, and that's why you took it off of him. Okay, that that's perfectly okay. I I don't mind, but on the same side like why put the title back on Sasaki Sasaki was I mean he he made when he got the title from Chris Brooks the first time it really became a bore it's not fun uh, 
And so I don't know why they put the title back again on him, uh, unless he's going to be a transitional champion. But even if he is, I would have much rather seen whoever's going to win it wrestle Bueno into a good match and then, you know, get that rub. I I kind of feel like maybe Bueno didn't have much contenders left. I was thinking, okay, maybe you can get someone like Harashima to put over Bueno. Because um, I, like, I wouldn't use endo for that but maybe you can use people like harashima like oishi uh i don't know there's a couple of names that you could probably use like why didn't we get a, a weno versus joshimura title match you know so like part of me feels like this also could have been taken further just let weno keep the title for longer and see where it goes but yeah, that was the match. I I mean, it was a good match. I just wasn't super, super excited about the outcome of the match. Um, yeah, like I'm not excited. I'm mostly not excited about Sasaki winning. I, I'm okay with Wena losing, but I'm not super excited for Sasaki taking the win. And finally, the final match of the night, the main event of main events. KOD open weight title match. Juna Kijama, the champion, defending against Konosuke Takeshita, the winner of the King of Pro Wrestling. I mean, King of Pro Wrestling, King of DDT uh, tournament. This was great. I can't really say it was like an all-timer or anything like that, but this was really good. Uh, it felt like the closure. It felt like closure to a almost year-long story with Konosuke Takeshita and Junakijama. Man, when when Akijama came into DDT, his first really big challenge, like feud thing, was defeating Takeshita. Uh, he defeated him in the finals of a tournament that led and allowed Akijama to challenge Endo for the championship and that he ended up winning. And that's when the Junakijama title reign started. At that point, Konosuke Takeshita kind of went on a downfall. He lost his confidence. He didn't know where he was at. And through this last year, we saw him improve. We saw him get to know new friends with the Sanana Kamina. We saw him go to the U.S. to work with AW for a couple of weeks. And all of that helped Takeshita build himself up so he can go into the king of DDT and win the whole thing, defeat someone like Hino, who had, man, like roughed them up for a lot of time. Uh, we talked about how that match kind of had been built up for a couple of months now. And now he goes up against the man that pretty much destroyed him last year, Juna Kijama. And now he's going to challenge for the championship. And that was that was fantastic because the match itself, what we saw was how Takeshita has pretty much grown to be a, a young Juna Kijama. The the style, the physique, the the arsenal that he used, it was all like almost mirroring Akijama. He he like he was going for the blue thunder bomb, which I mean he always always have done it, but like it is an Akijama thing. Um we saw him do a lot of knee based uh striking. We saw him do a lot of that stuff that Akijama does. And so we we've seen now Takeshita kind of grow up to become an, an Akijama. And maybe down the line, Takeshita will be to Akijama what Akijama was to guys like Kobashi, you know. And the match itself, we saw Akijama hit a DDT really early on the apron. And that's when he started working the, the neck, the head. Takeshita came, made a comeback and also started going for the neck and head. And the match itself at the end just ended up being a battle back and forth of slams and knees uh just a lot of a lot of knees and 
that was it the finish saw takeshita just like spam the knee he took the the knee pad down and he spammed the knee akijama had an amazing roaring desperation uh that he just didn't want to go down but takeshita just kept going with the knee with the knee with the knee and eventually jun akijama fell one two three beautiful beautiful match um and yeah, after the match, uh, Brooks, Chris Brooks came out, challenged Takeshita. He he brought up that the last time that Takeshita defeated Brooks was in 2019. And at this point, Chris Brooks is 3-1 against Takeshita. And so he considered he should be a worthy opponent for Takeshita's first defense of the championship. And that is going to be happening on the 26th of September, Kurokan Hall. Uh, beyond that, they announced that they're going to be running a show at Yoyogi Gymnasium Number no. Two. This is in, Shijubu, in Shibuya, Tokyo. This this venue is like a 3,000 uh, capacity place. So I don't know if, how restricted it's going to be since it's Tokyo, but it is a pretty cool venue. Um, so good, good. That, that's always positive. And yeah, that was it. Takeshita kind of closed the show with a promo. And that was the show. It was, I thought it was a really, really good and fun show. Um, The one thing about the show is that I didn't really think it made a lot of noise as we were coming close to it. Uh, And obviously it, it happened during a weekend where... CM Punk came back. There was a bunch of stuff with uh, with American wrestling. Um, and so maybe a lot of people just didn't pay attention to it. But uh, I think it was a good show. I think it was worth uh, definitely my time. Def- I think it's definitely worth your time. And yeah, we'll see where it goes. It Weirdly enough, I don't think this show felt like like the start of an end of many things. Like... The Takeshita uh, Akiyama story for sure kind of felt like a conclusion, like like we've reached where we needed to reach. But when it came to like most of the stuff in the undercard, I don't really know where it's gonna go. Like for instance, the Weno and Saki thing, I don't really know where it's gonna go. Um, Cause I don't know if Weno is going to build up himself to challenge Takeshita, cause they're in the same stable to begin with. At the same time, I don't know where Sasaki is going to take that title uh, because I don't really see much potential in him in that in like in terms of putting a title over. Uh, same with Damnation and Eruption. I don't know where those things are going. I don't want to see Eruption break apart because of this, but like after losing so much, I would imagine something has to happen. And so those things that feel like uh, there was not much going through them. It's kind of the same thing with like the comedy stuff, the comedy area. There wasn't really like they kept it really tame. If you think about it, there was no Yoshihiko. Uh, there was no like uh, cinematic weird stuff with with anything. Uh, a lot of the people were off the show also. So aside from the main event, there's a lot of like this match that just didn't really feel like it's either starting or be, or ending new things. So we'll see how they proceed as they go into the next shows. Um, at this point, I think they're going to start their round-robin tournament similar to the N1. Uh, so I think the blocks haven't been... Like, they, they announced the, the, the format of the tournament, which is going to be similar to the N1, which is four blocks of four people, and then the winners go into a, a single elimination tournament to eventually get to the winner. I don't think they've announced the participants for each block as of I am recording, but um, I don't know. Like, it just seems like we're building into another challenger once Takeshita's done with Brooks. I I don't really know who it could be. Like, I would imagine that. In the process of defending the championship, we are going to see maybe another Aki, Akijama match. We're probably going to see eventually Endo. Um, we're probably going to see Higuchi. Uh, maybe Harashima. Maybe Ueno. Uh, so we'll see how they progress. But I do think that DDT needs to 
spice up uh, some bigger, longer running feuds in the lower card. I don't know, give us like some some reason to to get involved again into the tag titles, for instance, stuff like that. But that is it for GDT, and that is it for Japan this week. Uh, we now go all the way to the United States for Impact Wrestling's Emergence 2021. This took place on Friday the 16th. Uh, this was a taped show. Um, I, yeah, I was actually, it it was recorded <laughs> on the 16th. It took place, uh, broadcasted on the 20th. That was last Friday. This was in Nashville, Tennessee. And it was a... It was an okay show. Nothing really special, to be honest. There was only one match that I would recommend you go out of your way to watch. The rest is completely skippable. Uh, the opener was Matt Cardona uh, defeating Rohi Raju, which was kind of like the ongoing story between those guys. Uh, Matt Cardona has been feuding with Rohi and Shira. Uh, and then the, the end kind of saw Chelsea Green stand up for Cardona and Shira kind of backed away from her. Uh, okay stuff, whatever. Uh, Decay, Black Taurus, Crazy Steve, Havoc, and Rosemary defeated Falaba, No Way, Savannah Evans, and Tasha Steels. I thought they was gonna see we were gonna see Savannah Evans and Steels get the win just to set up a tag title match with Havoc and Rosemary, but that didn't happen here yet. Um, so we'll see how that story progresses. The match itself was okay, nothing really special. Um I was impressed by Savannah Evans. When I saw her make her debut, I just saw a... I didn't really know much about her. So I just kind of saw like a really... I mean, large woman. Uh, she's really, really tall. Um, but I didn't really know much about her. I, I kind of had like bad uh, PTSD from certain uh, big wrestlers that Impact or TNA at the time had brought in for that type of, of, you know, character. And they were terrible. I'm, I'm talking like Lady Tapa, for instance. Uh, so in this case, I was actually really impressed by Savannah. She looked really good. She, she looked like she knows how to wrestle, which is something that not a lot of previous ones did. Uh, like she knows her thing. She knows, uh, she, she knows how to play her size also, which helps a lot. Um, and at the same time, like she's going against someone like Havoc and Rosemary, who are not necessarily like small women, so they they had like a decent showing for Savannah Evans, so that was good for her. Like that was it. It was a, a debut with a lot of people involved, but it was also a debut that really protected her and just showcased the good things she can do. So I am I'm looking forward to seeing more of her. Uh, because so, so far I am impressed. Next up, we had Steve Macklin defeat Petey Williams. This was an okay match. Um, th th it happens a lot with Impact that they build up villains as like I don't know, like unstoppable, like or like really brutal, ambitious. Uh, they did it. They did it also with W. Morrissey. But when it comes to them wrestling. A bigger, more established name. They eventually go back into the the same old heel that hides or that runs away or stuff like that. And and so the match was good, but I don't know. Like if if Macklin's gonna win, let let him destroy Petey Williams. Like why not? But at the same time, I don't know where Macklin's going to be going in terms of direction. Um, it really could go anywhere. He he feels like an X Division guy. So Macklin versus Josh Alexander could be a good thing down the line. Uh I I haven't really seen Macklin in a good match. <laughs> or or not not in a good match, but like in a match that was given a lot of time and a match that was against a guy that's going to carry him carry him or just drive the match into like something good. And so I don't fully know how good Macklin can get like wrestling in the mat, for instance. So we'll see. We'll see how the, his story progresses. I would imagine at this point he's done with Pity Williams. He's going to be defend. He's go I think he has like an open challenge on BTI. So that really could go either way. It could be Williams again, or it could be just like whoever 
comes up. Uh, next up, we had Madison Rain defeat Taylor Wilde. Uh, Madison Rain came back a couple of weeks ago. She joined Tennille Dashwood and Caleb with a K. And I don't know, like just as a group, I guess. I, I don't know if they're going to be a tag team. Maybe they, they should be a tag team. They should, they, they should be a tag team, but they're going to be chasing decay and i don't know if that's going to be like the best thing to do <laughs> or the best thing to have but uh yeah so the match kind of saw the match actually was kind of weird because when you have taylor wilde facing three heels you would imagine that she overcomes the the odds and wins but no she ended up just falling to the numbers games uh there was a lot of cheating a lot of interference by both dashwood and caleb and eventually madison rain got the win after everyone interfered so i don't know that was a bad match it wasn't really that good uh but it was it was seven minutes so i don't know i i don't really know if it was if it felt shorter than seven minutes to be honest we have the Impact World Title number one contendership match, four-way. Ace Austin defeated Chris Saban, Moose, and Sammy Callahan to win it. This was fun. If you like spots, if you like moves, if you like just a lot of action, this was a really good match for it. And it's also four guys with considerably different styles. Uh, Moose is a big powerhouse. Callahan is like a brawler. Chris Saban is like an all-rounder, more technical, but can also fly. And then Ace Austin is just a high flyer. Well, not just, but like that is his forte. And so it was like a really, a really good clash of styles between all of them. Uh, really, really enjoyable. Um, and yeah, Ace Austin wins. I think he is a perfect choice right now to wrestle Christian Cage at Victory Road because I think that's when the 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 title shot is taking place. I think Ace Austin versus Christian Cage should be really, really good. Uh, I think that's where we'll see how good Christian Cage is still. Next up, we had the match of the night, easily the match of the night. Josh Alexander defeated Jake something. This was a battle of hosses. Just two guys going all out at each other, kicking each other's ass. Great stuff. Uh, the story here is that Alexander has had never really taken on someone as big and strong as Jake something, even though he did fight Black Taurus like a month ago or not even a month ago. Um, but um, this was great. Like Jake something looked like a monster just destroying Alexander. And Alexander looked fantastic just eventually making the comeback and getting the win over Jake something. And the match was smart. It, it it wasn't about like the usual like baby face, like they must fight. Like at this point, like there was a ma there was a point in the match where Josh Alexander is having so much trouble with Jake something, he legit like took him out to the floor, like took him out uh outside the ring and then called for the for the count out. He was just desperate to defeat Jake something. And and I thought that was like fantastic because it's not heelish to do that. It just means that you're desperate to win because you're facing something that you were not expecting or something stronger than you were expecting so beautiful match best match of the night for sure next up we had diana parasso and matt redwalt i don't know how to pronounce his name redwalt 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 uh former aiden aiden english <laughs> oh man uh they defeated Melina and Trey Miguel. Uh, they this match is setting up Diana Parasso and Melina for NWA Empower. I think that yeah, that's taking place on Empower. Uh, so I don't know. It was weird because if you're building to the challenger, you would imagine the challenger is going to I don't know have a a really good showing. But I thought that Perasso and Rebel just were way too dominant. They they destroyed Melina. They took out Miguel, and then they just like beat up Melina. They they went after her arm, and and yeah, eventually 
she got defeated like kind of easily if you think about it so that was a weird way to build that match uh like i have no reason to believe melina can defeat Parasso at this point so i i mean i don't think she was gonna do it anyway but uh yeah i was really really surprised by how easily she got defeated they were like Parasso and rebel was just like way too dominant of a team uh we had the impact world tag team three-way match the good brothers doc gallows and anderson defending the title against violent by the sign the team of joe dorian and rhino and the team of rich swan and william mack this was a okay match i i i didn't really think it was like that amazing or anything um it was most like if you see the participants, it was mostly Rich Swan and Willie Mack having to be babyface in peril and hot tags with the good brothers and by them by the sign kind of like taking turns to beat them up. And so in that sense, the match was like well paced, well constructed, but I couldn't really say that I was like super excited for anything. Like the most exciting thing was Doring and Gallows kind of like starting the whole thing. But after that, it just kind of like, I don't know. It was just okay. It was good wrestling. Everyone like wrestled really well. It was just nothing memorable, I, I think I would say. Uh, and yeah, the, 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 I think the most relevant thing here is that after the match, all of Byland by the Sign were kind of berating Rhino for losing. So that gave me the impression that Rhino may eventually turn babyface against them which I think it's it's both too soon oh well, it's too soon to just do it already I would keep them going like this if you're going to turn Rhino I hope they have someone else to take his place and I don't know why Rhino would turn babyface because he's not exactly like he's kind of like Tommy Dreamer he's always like in someone else's feuds so at least at this point, he could have his own thing with Byron Dead by Design. Like, he doesn't need to turn babyface and join feuds. Unless Heath is coming back. Which, I guess, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what his status is, either with the promotion or not. So, I don't know. I don't know if that's going to lead anywhere. Hopefully not. I, I do enjoy how Byron by Design works as a four-man group. Especially right now. Uh, like the combination of guys that they have finally the main event of the night the impact world championship match christian cage defeating brian myers the match itself was okay 12 minutes nothing special like christian cage looked really really good he i mean yeah he looked really good but i can't really say that i mean they both look really good myers maybe christian cage slightly more than myers but again, I didn't think it was much of a match. It was just the usual Christian Cage starts strong and then Sam Beal helped uh, Myers cut him off. And then uh, after a little bit of work, Cage makes a comeback and then they go back and forward until Christian Cage gets the win. And yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean, it was a good match. I just, also, again, didn't think it was like anything memorable. I think that's the problem with this show. It was a good show. I just didn't think anything was memorable aside from Alexander versus Jake something. And I think, I mean, J Josh Alexander has been the match of the night for a long time now, including when Kenny Omega was in the show. So I don't know. I think there's, there's, there's something here with Josh Alexander and I think, uh, like, I wouldn't make him the world champion because I think his position as X Division champion is what makes him better because he is the best wrestler of the night and he is on the, like, the X Division, he is turning it into the work rate division at this point, while the world title is more like the shenanigans one with you know Kenny Omega and Don Callis and Christian Cage fighting in AW and whatnot, but Josh Alexander has really established this is the this is the time where they should really really bring back Destination X and let Josh Alexander main event and 
fucking go all out with someone like someone top notch bring give someone big to josh alexander i, I think that's what i'm talking about uh i think it's time for for him to to get a i mean maybe not a kenny omega but someone of that caliber inside the ring and that is it for for emergence like i said if it was a good show but just pretty like skippable to be honest um i i would say just go watch that alexander versus something match uh beyond that that is it but uh we're not done with impact there is as always a little bit that we need to do before we go and that is the impact forecast impact wrestling for august the 26th uh we have a couple of matches announced i may be missing one but i i, I don't know but so far announced we have david finley versus chris bay chris Saban versus sammy callahan taylor wilde versus the influence which is the name of uh, Tennille dashwood madison rain and kelly for and a good brothers versus swan and mac match i do not believe that is a title match i think it's just uh, a normal tag match but um yes that is what it's announced so far for impact wrestling and that is going to be it for this week's of wrpx um like i mentioned it was going to be a short show i i i just didn't watch that much stuff this weekend but i hope uh, you did i hope you did uh, watch all of the stuff uh, we talked about and and you know enjoyed it and remember you can find us on spotify itunes and wrpxpodcast.com you can go to twitter and find me as the w revolution you can also go to the wrestling revolution.com where you can find the written versions of all the shows that we talk about and a couple more um and i think that's it you can also like always uh figure for w online i am the impact reviewer for uh the site so live coverage of every impact show that we do so without further ado i think that is it for this week and i'll see you next time adios well that's about it son of a gun we've enjoyed it looking forward to next week i guess we'll have to wait a week before we get to it but we'll be right back again for Corey macklin dave brown lance russell saying bye-bye everybody